Good morning. It is Monday, June 15th, 6.59 a.m. I hope you all had a good week. I'm not concerned with having a good week. I hope that you guys did have a good week. But having a good week is no longer a priority for me. At this time, there are more pressing issues. Black lives matter. Black lives really do matter every single day. Black trans women's lives matter. There's so many parallels to how history is repeating itself again and again and again. And constant disenfranchisement. It it, it just you know, it grieves me very much. I'm speechless in so many ways. Robert Fuller, Palmdale, California, age 24, June 10th. Malcolm Harsh, age 38, May 31st. These are two black men found hanging from trees in two weeks. Ruled a suicide in both counts. I don't think so. This is murder. This is lynching. This is a message. This is a message. That's murder. Those men were lynched. It's not a suicide. Two trans women, Raya Milton and Dominique Reme Fells, respectively of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in Liberty Township, Ohio. Dead from a botched robbery and one brutally murdered and thrown into the Kill River. I'm not going to sit here and glorify black death. That's not the point of my mentioning and saying their names. I'm here to promote black excellence and uplift black people. To those of you who are listening, who 
who don't know their names and aren't aware of this, that is why I say the names of these people who have been killed. So you will know. You can look it all up and see what's happening if you don't believe me. In this week, it's the same week Trump overturns protections for LGBTQ plus people in the healthcare system. He overturns all of Obama's options, which were still not complete, you know, they were not offering complete protection, but there was something. Those, Those protections for LGBTQ plus have been removed. It was announced this past Friday on the four-year anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting wherein 49 LGBTQ people were killed. The largest and most violent mass murder of LGBTQ people in one place in America. This is disenfranchisement. The voter suppression that's happening, it, it, it's, it makes, it's just like we're still in this Jim Crow era. It's, it's, it makes me just wanna leave the country. You know, how do you guys feel about it? Do you want to stay here? Why do you want to stay here? It's, this is just, everything's just weighing heavily on my heart. The... 14th and 15th Amendment giving voting rights to black men. Guaranteeing, 14th Amendment guaranteeing citizenship to all persons born in the U.S., including former enslaved people. Guaranteeing all citizens equal protection of the law. Fifteenth Amendment stated, the right of the citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Those rights are still being violated. Those amendments are still being overturned in so many ways on local and state levels. They're, they're being overturned in our prison system. prison system is a system of slavery, of institutionalized slavery, where, where those who are imprisoned are, are also denied the right to vote. The era of Reconstruction, the South was divided into five military sectors overseen by the Union Army. 
the Southern Republican Party was established and on the strength of black votes Confederate states were reinstated back into the Union. They they were reintegrated into the Union and established again as regular old states. <laughs> they were reunited on the strength of black votes. The turnout post-slavery for voters, for black voters, was very high. In 1870, Hiram Rhodes Revels, a Republican from Natchez, Mississippi, was the first black man to sit in U.S. Congress. And during this time, more than 600 black men served in legislatures and many hold local office. Black excellence on the rise. Quick progress. Creation, realization, and participation in the American dream. What's happening in the White House during this time? Andrew Johnson, who succeeded Abraham Lincoln, a former slave owner himself, but a believer in emancipation, had all of his old Confederate cronies in the Supreme Court. So the House was full of former former Confederate, full-on white supremacist, good old boys in the White House, allowing and and holding space for systemic squelching and suppression of the emerging black voice. So the freedom and agency that the right to vote afforded newly newly freed and franchise enfranchised black men that was dissolved by the late 1870s. The Southern Republican Party dissolved. State governments nullified the 14th and 15th Amendment, stripping black people of their rights to vote. And the disenfranchisement has not changed. So many rights getting yanked yanked away left and right. It wasn't until the Voting Rights Act of 1965 that black women were allowed to vote. We always forget that. White people forget that. Let's put it that way. White people forget that. That that was under LBJ when they finally banned literacy tax, literacy, literacy tests and poll tax in state and local election. Finally, 100 years after the Civil War, I feel like white women could have gotten the vote 
a lot sooner if they had not excluded black women from the voting struggle, the struggle to vote. If they had not splintered their own cause. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, racists. Full of white fear. Terrified of black men getting the vote ahead of them, even though Frederick Douglass lobbied on their behalf. Katie Stanton used racist names to describe black people, racist stereotypes to describe them in a long-winded and embarrassing diatribe on why black people shouldn't be allowed to vote. And therefore, turning so many people against her and also kind of just throwing herself under the bus. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. The closer the suffragettes got to their, their goals of white ladies voting, the more the racism heated up. Ida B. Wells and Mary Church Terrell, excuse me, were two black feminists. They were highly educated. They were from very good homes in the black community. And three of their mutual friends were lynched. They were the men... Calvin McDowell, Henry Stewart, and most notably Thomas Moss, who was a prominent grocer, were lynched. And that's the turning point for especially Ida B. Wells that propelled them into the fight for voting, for voting rights for black women as well. They were constantly excluded from the conversation, constantly excluded from the fight for women's suffrage, excluded from being feminists. The excuse was that white Southerners would be angry. It's... It just feels... I feel like... Like, this is the same type of shit we're dealing with now. It all seems really, like, familiar, just different clothes and different technology. In 1913, the big suffragists parade in Washington, black women were asked to march in the back separately. Ida B. Wells refused... But Mary Church Church Terrell marched out of concern that black women would be excluded altogether. It's 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 just such 
it's so counterproductive to operate on a basis of exclusion and inclusion and just othering people, othering black people, othering black women. Imagine if Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony, who ironically were both abolitionists, they just didn't want to be around black people or acknowledge their humanity and their equality. (laughs) Imagine if they were anti-racist as well as being abolitionists and as well as being feminists. Imagine how many more supporters they would have had for their cause had they not put their whiteness into the center of the conversation. And if they had not fallen prey to the trope of white femininity. And if they had just supported and stood with black women and women of color as women, all women together, acknowledging that black women matter, acknowledging that indigenous women matter, acknowledging that women of color matter. Acknowledging their womanity together. Imagine how many more numbers there would have been instead of them fetishizing their own martyrdom and only allowing women of a certain class or color or abolitionist pedigree into their ranks. When your white ego is getting in the way of human rights, you need to check yourself. That is what is happening still. It needs to stop. And there's pushback, there's tiny earthquakes, there's lots of little ripples everywhere. It's constantly. And... Yeah, you may lose some friends. I feel like I've already lost some friends. That's fine. I don't want to hang out with those people anymore. I've lost some customers. That's fine. I don't want racist business. Those are very small prices to pay, but in the process of paying that price, I notice I notice the resistance. Let's keep doing this. This is not a fad. This is not a trend. This is the new paradigm shift. We need to push it through because history is repeating itself in the most vile and egregious form. This is our chance to to really push justice forward. 
and to demand and receive justice for those whose lives have been unfairly taken from them. So whatever you're doing today, whatever whatever action you are taking, whether you're just sitting around in your robe, listening to a podcast, going on a walk, going to the grocery store, whatever it is you're doing, don't forget for one minute that Black Lives Matter. Infuse that in everything that you do. I hope this helps in some way. It's something that I am also working with in my life too. I hope that you guys have a great week. Let's push forward. Let's push on. Continue to love each other and support and uplift black excellence. Thank you. Bye-bye.